0: Ryan Ross. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Rabbi Kurt Landry.
1: And this topic is so unique, so wonderful, because Rabbi Kurt reveals how understanding our Jewish roots of Christianity literally leads us into a more vibrant, secure, and powerful Christian walk. And who wouldn't want more of that, Rabbi?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, when the Lord really inspired me two years ago, this was a two-year project. But when he inspired me, it was for that exact reason, because I think people innately feel inside in their spirit that there's got to be more. And, you know, when you uh, reveal your identity through biblical identity, it immediately starts to change your purpose. And when that purpose gets changed, then your destiny's changed, new doors open, opportunities, and revelation. But one of the greatest things I think about reclaiming our forgotten heritage, uh, and I, I would like to say I, I actually tried to write it this way, but it was so personal and uh, I mean, th- this was uh, there was a lot of tears and travailing going on with this. But the intimacy level, you when you take the journey through this book, your intimacy level with the Lord, you're going to go deeper and, and you're going to know the Lord in ways because it, it's, it's really a testimony more than a teaching. And so I'm, I'm really excited for for your people to get a hold of this.
1: And Rabbi, uh, this is one of your greatest passions, correct, that people would understand their biblical identity?
2: Uh, Well, absolutely. You know, uh, my story, just real brief, you know, I was conceived out of wedlock. I was an orphan. I didn't find out. I was adopted into a family. I didn't find out of my own Jewish DNA and heritage until I was in my mid-30s. And then I I went into uh, as a born again believer. Then I, I started going into more traditional ways of studying the Bible. But when the Lord started taking me into uh, a much more uh, deeper Jewish roots teaching that He led me on, then I and then uh, many many trips to Israel, uh, going to the places where these stories actually happened. Then what happened to me was then it started to like an onion. It started to uh, to uh, be revealed. And I realized the reason people backslide, the reason people don't have joy, and the reason people really don't walk in the fullness, you know, as as a pastor, I mean, I've been pastoring for, uh, what, 19 years now as this, as the founding rabbi of House of David. I People that can really find that find and reclaim their forgotten heritage, have joy and power that the other ones don't. So this is absolute, this is, I feel like this is my life's calling.
1: And I want to hear a little, and I want the people at home to hear a little bit more about your uh, personal journey, your personal story, which is really powerful. But you, uh, Rabbi, you talk about how the church is in an identity crisis, a church itself. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, you know, if you look at all the different denominations and, you know, our uniqueness and the favor, I give God all the praise. You know, I preach everywhere. I, I mean, I've preached at Walmart's corporate office to <laughs> the president and the top CEOs of the different departments. Uh, I, I preach in Pentecostal holiness, church camps. Uh, I've preached in Catholic church. I preach everywhere. Uh, Messianic synagogues, Baptists, and and, uh, I think the message is so unique that it fits in everywhere. But what what they're really struggling is the reason that there's so many different expressions is it goes back to, uh, I don't think we've paid attention, and this is not being critical at all, but isn't it interesting? How many times have you ever asked yourself this question? How many times when, when God reveals himself, like, he reveals himself to Moses, and he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, it's like, you know, everyone, like, you know, he's God, right? We should, like, know who he is. Right, right. Uh, you know, but the reason was, this the reason Moses was so messed up is because Moses was raised in an environment with too many gods.
1: Mm, that's good.
2: And, and so he said, well, listen, before we even start this fire thing— <laughs> before we start the real impartation, I want you to know this is the absolute real impartation. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And every believer, whether you're Jewish or non-Jewish, your heritage is in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus died on the cross. His blood was shed to attach you, to remove the veil, to attach you to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it has to become personal. It doesn't mean that you become like, you know, this you know, this uh, strange type that you're not, you're not becoming Jewish, you spiritually already are Jewish. So what happens is you have to say, okay, how do I filter this information into, into myself as a non-Jewish person that, that's living in a non-Jewish world, but how do I interrelate with the Word of God so that these Jewish prophets, Jewish Messiah, Jewish apostles, how, how do I culturally download and unpack what they have? And, and they can do it. And this book absolutely walks through the struggle and the journey that I went through to find what I believe is a, is a peaceful solution. And, the, and, and see, for me, I was always purpose-driven. Uh, I'm a type A. Uh, you know, we have three ministries and two for-profit businesses. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a driven person. But I, I got to tell you, I was driven by purpose. But when the Lord really arrested me and revealed my personal identity in Him, then uh, that's when everything changed.
1: And that's what I love about your teaching uh, that we're offering, is you really help people uh, get to the root of their identity, which is the problem of so many people not understanding who they are and why I'm here and, and so on and so forth. And you really lay that out clearly. And Rabbi, You talk about this as much as you want to, but your teaching really reminds us that our biblical heritage has been hijacked. You read the book of Acts, and obviously, you know, the things that we see today are nothing like uh, what we read about in the book of Acts, and you teach how it was really taken from the Jewish people.
2: Uh, It was taken from the Jewish people. It was absolutely taken by all those who called on all the early believers— you know, I, I have. I don't think I've shared this with you, but when when the Lord that gave me the download for this book, He says, "I want you to take your life of 63 years and parallel it, you know, to parallel it uh, with the church's life of 2,000 years. The church was born Jewish, gets into the councils of Elvira, and Nicaea, Roman councils around 360-ish, around then. Okay, and what happens is the identity is hijacked by redoing the calendar and the feasts and the traditions that were the very mandates. And these are not Jewish feasts. These—it's Read the scripture. It says, these are the feasts of the Lord. And the reason the Lord has these feasts, as I look at them, is they're like Sunday school lessons, uh, practical from heaven, previews of coming attractions. But they also lead us in, in behavioral uh, and, and identity impartations. Where where the Lord does this, and that's basically what happened with me. You know, I was born Jewish, I was separated into a Catholic home, and then uh, was born again, restored to my uh, spiritual roots, and then reconnected to my biological uh, family, and reconnected again, and then spiritually. So so it's kind of been a journey.
1: And, and Rabbi, you talk about how the Lord has highlighted to you this very real hunger people have now more than ever to know their heritage and who they really are.
2: Yeah, yeah. Prophetically, what the Lord has shown me, and you can see it, I mean, it's obvious right now. Uh, there is a a hunger for identity, not just inside the church, but I mean, look at all this uh, DNA, find out who you are. I mean, it's it's a the the baby boomers are hungry, and the, and the millennials of like for this identity. Why? Because the antichrist spirit. You can call it left, right. It doesn't matter. Okay, this is an antichrist spirit. The antichrist spirit is always anti-Semitic. It is anti-anointing, and it's anti-woman. So so anytime there is as and th- those things are all about your identity. So, so the demonic uh, realm right now is assaulting the identity because we know that at some point there's going to be a soon return of Messiah, and when he does, he's returning for one new man. He's returning for, for his children who actually have his brand, so to say, and, and his identity. Uh, but the key with identity and the thing with reclaiming your forgotten heritage is you're missing so much from the interpretation of the word and when you get prophetic words and when the supernatural and these things happen, you know, so many times delayed obedience is disobedience. And uh, when you have a firm identity, that download can come that you can unpack that download. And when it lands in, and someone who knows who they are in Messiah, and then there's, there can be an instant response. See delayed response usually goes into a process of works, but but works come from somebody who's trying to earn something religiously, but someone who is birthed in their identity receives it spiritually. And so when you receive it spiritually, it becomes worship, not works, because you're worshiping because you're receiving it. It's an impartation. It is your heritage.
1: Absolutely. And and Rabbi, just to make it clear for those who are listening, if anybody can teach on identity, you can. And and you were born as an orphan rejected by your, in your story, you talk about you rejected by your biological family on both sides, and but you were raised by a wonderful family. And uh, if you want to just talk about that for a minute, and then how the Lord not only reconnects you with your biological father, but what he revealed to you about your mother.
2: Yeah, that it's a, it's a precious story. And if I get a little emotional, even to this day, and, and it's because of the kindness and the goodness of the Lord, you know, when, when the scripture says, when your mother and father have forsaken you, the Lord thy God will take care of thee. And that's what happened to me. Uh, I had a Jewish mother and an Irish Catholic father. Uh, they get I'm conceived out of wedlock. I'm a love baby, okay? And they want to get married. This is 1955. And uh, so they go to the parents. Both parents say, no, uh, Catholics say, you can't marry that Jew. And the Jew says, you can't marry the Catholic. So then they actually arranged for an abortion. Wow. Just a few days before the abortion, my my father said, let's go to the Catholic priest on the Air Force Base in Northern California there. And the Catholic priest said, there is another option. It's adoption. And my mother would have to go to Los Angeles to give birth and then actually turn me over to the Catholic agency, which happened. And uh, so I was born there and... Uh, uh, and she actually named me after my father. My real name is Joseph, and which is interesting because when I found that out, I actually have a Joseph call. We don't have to go into it. But our ministry deals in millions of dollars of humanitarian aid and has for, you know, uh, I've been in the humanitarian ministry for 29 years. So, so it's, it's a natural pro- byproduct of that. But it was strengthened when I found that out. Um, I was in the orphanage for six months. And then Ray and Rita Landry come along. Beautiful people. Uh, uh, I love my parents. I was raised in a good home. But interesting enough, it, this is Rita is a Jewish woman and Ray's a Catholic. So the Lord kind of took You know, it's like the Lord says, no, nah, I don't care what you all do. I'm getting my way. So I was raised in, in you know, just like a middle, lower middle class neighborhood. I mean, we thought we, we didn't do without. Uh, and uh, I was near the airport in Los Angeles and our neighborhood, this was in the 50s and 60s, and in our neighborhood was mixed. You had primarily Catholics, Lutherans, and, and Jews. So across the street, we had the Jacobsons, and they were there, and it was interesting. you know, They had their Passovers and their Hanukkah and different things, and they would always invite me as a young, uh, a young boy, they would invite me to participate with their, uh, with their feast, and they didn't do it with the other kids. Hmm. And, it, you know, but no one like my by, uh, my adoptive mother didn't tell him or anything. It just I, I, I went with it. But I went to parochial school uh, primarily because uh, I, I don't run fast. I'm not a good physical fighter. And in the neighborhood I grew up in, my parents said, we better send him to parochial school so that he'll live. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's where I ended up. And, and, and praise God. Great education. OK excellent education. and uh, But uh, when it was time to join Boy Scouts, I joined the Jewish Boy Scout troop in my neighborhood. So I was with a bunch of Jewish kids.
1: You were just drawn to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And my first serious girlfriend in high school was Jewish. And uh, nature and DNA always makes a way. It leads you. That's why this book is so important, because people are trying to force themselves into boxes they don't belong. And this book will definitely pull them out of the box, trust me. It, there'll be a lot of tears when they read it, because when people read it, they relate to, to what I went through. They're, maybe not they're not orphans, but I tell you what, it, it, if, if you had a lot of strong parenting trying to make you into something that you're not, this book will pull you out of that root, uh, rut and put you into your destiny.
1: That's so good.
2: Yeah, no, and it fits with, I have been a pastor in a long time, and that's, you know, when we minister to people, I want them to be the best they can be. Uh, we, we don't try to make them fit into a voluntary place in our congregation. You know, we, we, we want to see where where their gifts and calling are and then put them in that spot. So anyway, uh, I, I was raised that way, and I'm going to share this with you. I uh, my uh, was in parochial school, obviously, and so... Um, where they have uh, you have confirmation and and all those different things and you have communion. But when you do that in in Catholicism, you actually have to have a biblical name. Well, I have my name's Curtis, and uh, so it wasn't biblical. Well, my mother, my adoptive mother, knew this all along, never revealed it to me. So I came home the day and she says, "Well, what what Bible name did you choose?" And I said, "I chose Joseph." Wow. Just broke down. She broke down crying. Aww. And I'm going, I'm going, oh my gosh, what's this all about? It's Joseph, you know.
1: And it's when you connected with your biological father and he told you that your, your mother was Jewish, everything started to really come together and make sense for you.
2: Yeah. So then when I had the encounter from the Lord, I stayed home two days from work and the Lord wanted me to pray. And that was very strange. I, I don't stay home from work. And uh, the first day I pray and the Lord tells me that I want to reconnect to my biological father. And I I actually, I didn't respond in the spirit, finished my day. And uh, the next day, the Lord says, I want you to stay home again. Second time. Some of our, your people need to hear this. And the second time. So I go back in, I lay on the floor in my office and he says, I want, I want to reconnect you to your biological father. Boy, this got some, this, this is prophetic for somebody listening. Mm -hmm. So I, I said, okay. And, and then I was honest. See, this is the key to, to words of prophecy too. I was honest. I said, "I'm not. I don't want to open that can of worms."
1: Wow, wow.
2: I'm Perfectly content with my parents. You know, I mean, I had a great upbringing. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't not perfect, but I, I didn't. I never had these thoughts. And so then the Lord spoke this back to me. This clearly, He says, "When I open the can of worms, I take care of all the worms." <laughs> and literally, there was five phone calls, miraculously, just miraculously. You read about it in the book. It is miraculous. I phone calls and next thing I know I'm on my on the phone and I'm asking this man on the other end some questions and it, and it was my dad.
1: Wow, and that's when he began to reveal to you about your your heritage.
2: That night he said, "Listen, we did not we wanted to get married. We loved each other and uh, but the parents they were also very honoring children, both my mom and dad. And we did what was right, what we thought was right, for you and and for us to keep the peace. And he says, "Yes, and your mother's, you know, Portuguese Jewish."
1: Your your personal story is is what really uh, makes this all come alive. And for those at home, I know you felt the presence of the Lord when he was sharing about his personal story. And, uh, Rabbi, we hear a lot about covenant, especially in, in the Word of God, especially the Old Testament. We, we hear a lot about covenant, but I think we lost some of the, um, well, as you teach, the forgotten heritage of what covenant really means to God.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, so, so powerful. So many people have faith in their faith. I am a word of faith person. I mean, you can't do the things we do without having faith. The Scripture says it is impossible to please God without faith. And the just shall live by faith. But you need to have not faith in your faith. Now, now, what I mean by that is, is that sometimes psychologically you can say, well, maybe this didn't happen because I didn't have enough faith. Okay. I want to challenge that way of thought. I want to challenge it in a sense, even theologically. Here, here's the thing. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. He can't lie, and what God says is covenant. If God said it, He has to do it. He can't. He can't vary. There's no variance. There's no variance in Him. Isn't it interesting when when we go into the courts of heaven and and uh, and, and we pray that the Word says, and out of Isaiah, put me into remembrance of what? my word. Put me in the remembrance of my word. Let's contend together. So it's not really, yes, we have to have faith. Each person has been given a measure of faith. But if you really want your faith to grow exponentially to where you have real supernatural power and supernatural answer to prayer, you need to learn what the covenant of God says about the current situation that you're asking for, for the redemptive act of God. What, what is it that you need fixed, healed, delivered? What what does the master have need of in your life for you to answer the call at that time? Then what you need to do is go and just find out what the contract says about it, and then put God into remembrance of the contract, the covenant, and decree and declare the covenant, and God has to deliver.
1: That is so good because a lot of times we, we think about— uh, you know, is God listening? Is he, does he hear my prayer? Is the word really working for me? You say yes and amen. It's covenant, period, end of subject.
2: Absolutely. And after you ask, then you just need to praise him that it's coming. That's good. And and, and you have to take your ownership off the delivery date. You know, it's going to come. And the, here's the thing is, is and, and this, is, this is a whole thrust of Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage. When you understand that, the finite details that God knows every hair of your head and that he orders your steps, then you're going to want to come in alignment with the books that are written in your life, the books of heaven. You're going to want to come into that synergy and into that time uh, sync. You want to become in sync with what God is doing. And when that happens, then the impatience and the fear comes, uh, goes away when people when people just have to you know beg and badger god uh, with, with with what they're praying for it's because, it's a, it's really can be not every time please I, I understand but a lot of times it's really it comes from a worthless spirit and doubt and unbelief like somehow you've done something and you're not worthy and he's going to he's not going to bring this to pass for you but when you understand covenant when you understand the covenant of the cross you are more than qualified for yes and amen.
1: You know, that is so good, because what you're doing is you're making it clear that the only reason, especially in your book and your teaching, the only reason that you're not relating to God like He wants you to relate is because you're misunderstanding God. And and I really like that about your whole teaching. And In fact, along with that, you talk in your book a lot about purpose in your own calling being a gift from God it may not be part of the fivefold ministry but it doesn't mean that it's any less important talk to the people at home about their purpose and their gift from God their own
2: this book is is written for them because i think what happens is first of all identity comes from the holy spirit and there has to be an encounter you know moses was transformed by the bush we're transformed by the same spirit that's in that bush. The I am of God needs to be on fire in the people's life so that they can, the I am will tell you who you are.
1: That's good.
2: Because it's the I am that creates you are. So once that identity starts to, to hit, and yeah, you know, you don't, not very few people are really called into the fivefold ministry. The majority of people are are believers who are king priests, according to the order of Melchizedek, and they're operating in all the seven influential mountains, okay? That's the majority of the body of a Messiah is in the seven mountains. And But the key is, is that, like, what gifts do I have? There's nine gifts of the Spirit, okay? And and, uh, you're going to operate, I think everybody operates a little bit in almost all nine. Everyone has a little tinge of it, but realistically, this is me pastoring, you know, for all the years I'm doing it, you're gonna have really three, but maybe two real fastballs. Okay. And so what I mean by that is like like you have the gift of healing. I mean you just lay hands on somebody and they are your hands hot as a frying pan and all the time and people get healed. And that's your gift. You actually all of us can lay hands on the sick and all and and pray in the name of Jesus and they're gonna be healed. I mean all of all of us have that covenant right. But you have the gift of healing. See, that's the thing is, when your identity is like, okay, I have the gift of wisdom. I have the gift of prophecy. I I have the gift of miracles. I have the gift of healing. Whatever it is, then once you know it, then what happens is when that purpose comes knocking in the destiny of your life, you know you're the one to step up and do it. It, it, it builds so much confidence. It's like, yep, that's what I do. You know, uh, you know, it's like Winnie the Pooh, you know, you're not Eeyore, you're, you're not Piglet, you're, you're the tigger, you're the bounce. So let's go ahead and start the bouncing, you know, and uh, it's very much like that kid's story. I'm sorry. I got a new grandbaby.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay.
2: Stuff is fresh for me. But, but realistically, the you know, those operating in the gifts are kind of like Tigger, you know, they bust up some furniture a little bit. You've got to extend yourself some grace with these gifts. You're, yeah, you're going to mess up. It's okay. I You know what? Spiritually, as a spiritual father, I, I I release you to fail and I release you to succeed because failure is not failure if you learn from it.
1: Amen. And on that note, you teach how we can die to our counterfeit identity. You actually give a real process to that. What is the beginning journey to have our identity renewed in Yeshua?
2: Um, Well, you know, we know the scripture is that we are new creations, all things have been made new. But you have to come in agreement with that covenant. And the way I do it, when I pray for people, I say, Lord, I give you permission to literally separate me lord gently please but lord separate me from my count of itself and reveal to me who i am in you and and once you start that process what will start to happen is the character and the integrity issues that are holding you back from being able to operate in the real calling that you have because callings have responsibilities and they take training uh, mostly of character, more than just actual physical training of the gift, because you don't want the counterfeit self speaking so loud that it cancels your gift. Absolutely. You to start. In, you need to start into a process now, and I'll be honest with you: when you start in that process, you're you're going to go into the the valley of death, okay? Because a lot of the bad behavior we all have this. I have it. You have it. But when you, you know, it's Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. That's I'm, I Basically, that's what I'm telling him, okay? You're going to go into Psalms 23, right? And you're going to say, the Lord is my shepherd, okay? That's what you're doing. I shall not want. I shall not want any counterfeit identity, okay? I don't want that. And then you say, he leads me beside the still waters. So what's the still waters? It's a mirror. Show me where the counterfeits are. You ask him, he's going to do it. The, the still waters is a mirror. Ooh, I don't like that, okay, because the word is a mirror, too. It's a two-edged sword, so it's a revealer of truth. Counterfeit is a lie. Then then, so how, how do we know it's a lie? He maketh me lie down in green pastures, which is the word of God. You're going to go into the Bible, and then as soon as you start this process from praying, you're going to start to read, and boy, it's the Bible conviction, not condemnation, is going to come and jump out at you.
1: I really like that, uh, Rabbi. Um, you were talking about Psalm 23 and the real power that's found in that and how it relates to Passover. Talk to the people at home more about that.
2: You know, Psalms 23 is a Passover song, okay? Most people don't look at it like that. We, we mostly, someone has a funeral, they'll read, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And But what they don't understand is that in verse 6 it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that, that of course, is the, is the funeral or the promotion part. But verse 5 is the key. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. Okay, so I want to start there. First of all, that table is Passover, Passover was removed from the Christians uh, in the councils of uh, of Elvira and I the councils uh, of Constantine period. Okay. And it was replaced with Easter. And the reason that was such a robbery is let's go. He prepares a table. Now I I, I need to back into this and, and I hope you're, and I know your people know the word of God. Once David became king, what did he do? One of the first things he wanted to do was he was, he was sorrowful, over Saul's death, but mostly he had a good friend Jonathan, his son, who, who was stuck closer than a brother. So what did he do? The first thing he did is he said to his his armor bearers, Go find an heir of Jonathan that I might honor him. So so they go out and they find little Mephibosheth, who's crippled, okay, can't even walk. They go and pick him up and they put him where his feet under the king's table. That's a that's a type of Passover. That's what the Lord is doing in this hour. That's what reclaiming forgotten heritage is. It is inviting people. It is going out with an anointing and picking up the mephibosheths and putting them under the king's table so that he can anoint their head with oil. Your head, your temple, that anointing on you is your identity. And so you see a lot of Christians and Christian churches that are saying, like, this is so much what's happening right now. Churches have been blessed to have communion. But communion is the third cup that Jesus spoke about. It is the cup of redemption. It is the cup of healing. But, but there's four cups in the Passover. And, and the thing about the four cups is the first two cups actually prepare you to actually for the impartation of that third cup.
1: Rabbi, could you talk to us a little more about each of the four cups?
2: Yeah. So the first cup is the is the cup of sanctification. That is the Lord is my shepherd. That's Psalms 23. When you say that, you say, "Okay, Lord, sanctify me." In the Hebrew, it's kadosh. It just means that I have been removed from the power of the sin of that which is death cannot be used against me in the courts of heaven. The accuser cannot do it. I'm coming in agreement that the blood of Jesus is enough. And in our Passover, we say Dainu, which means more than enough. And the second cup is the cup of plagues, which means he set us free from all sickness, disease, disasters. And then we have a lamb shake on the table that, and a strength and an egg on there reminding us that God is sovereign and he is almighty. And at that second cup in the Passover, we literally reversed the curse of the plagues of the blood, the frogs, the gnats, and the flies, and, and all the things that were being delivered from the children of Israel. All that is being cut off, all generational inequities and all blood inequitous structures that are in the bloodline, in your family bloodline, all the way back to the garden they are being canceled, removed, and you're coming out of agreement. See, because when you don't come out of agreement with them, they control your identity. Then you you, oh, I'm impoverished, I'm sick, I'm I'm worthless, whatever that. We need to cut that off because you are the healed of the Lord. You are prosperous. You are more than a conqueror through Yeshua who gives you strength. And, of course, the third cup is the cup of redemption. That is our communion. That cup releases healing. And once the healing is released into your life, then there, and a lot of people do not understand that the Passover table, uh, actually in Exodus 23, it comes with nine blessings. Now, do you have to celebrate Passover? Absolutely not. As a believer, it is not about whether or not you're going to go have salvation or not. And I know right now we're talking to you and this is a beautiful season but passover is an opportunity and uh, if i may can i review the nine blessings of passover
1: yes yes sir
2: let me do a quick review first of all the first one is a promise of divine protection the second one is positioning an alignment that provides protection from your enemies the third one in verse 24 is commissioning of divine authority uh And then the next one is supernatural health and kingdom prosperity, verse 25. Verse 26 is covenant protection, multiplication, longevity. And in Exodus 23, 27 is a godly release from fear and respect from your enemies. Verse 28 is the Lord will drive out your enemies. Verse 30, the Lord will give you dominion and increase your inheritance. And verse 33 is freedom from all corrupt covenants. And uh, all that is, is, is a part of reclaiming your forgotten heritage. When the Lord leads non-Jewish people, the Gentiles and, uh, and believers, when he leads you to the Passover table, he is in covenant to release all nine of those blessings with you. And he wants to do it every year on a cyclical basis.
1: And so the, these blessings uh, are, are not just for what happened 2,000 years ago they can be applied today. The blessings of protection and alignment and authority, all these things. And you really teach this in your brand new three CD set. You talk about it affects every area of our life, our heart, our lives, our finances, our homes. And you've been doing this for over 26 years and you've seen the blessings manifest in your own home.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are, we are literally overcoming the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because the, the Lord has, has blessed our ministries. We have worldwide international ministries and, and, and uh, businesses the same way. And, and all of them have been built off the principles that we teach in this book. And in this three CD set, I really want you to get this three CD set, because I'm going to go in depth, basically much more. So what, what it's going to be like is, I'm going to sit you down and get you a firm foundation of your identity and then take you into the into the Passover, which will lead you into uh, being uh, equipped to receive, believe, and understand, and have the wisdom of these nine blessings of Passover. But then in addition to that, be able to release your, inher- your heritage so that you can release this legacy for your family. There's no reason for your family to uh, have to reinvent the wheel. Let your ceiling become their floor.
1: In a, in a big part of this whole entire teaching which I love is you definitely don't lead anybody into any kind of legalism or anything like that but it's a return to the roots of our biblical heritage which changes my identity so I can fulfill my destiny in the fullness of what God has planned for my life is that am i saying that right
2: you're saying it right and let me give uh uh I think in parables so let me give you a parable OK, uh, it's not legalism. OK, if you're if you're in a wheelchair, OK, you don't you are suffering from the liberty of being able to get up and walk or run across that room. OK, right. There's there's something holding you. There's a dis-ease. OK. And the Lord wants to set you free. The The legal act happened 2000 years ago, but you're you're bound. OK, let's do another parable you're financially you're not able to pay your bills so what happens is now you're stressed so so what happens is the lord wants you have a covenant right to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory through yeshua who's messiah okay the the covenant blessings that i teach release you into liberty to be able to run out of what has crippled you and financially to run away from financial uh, lack that has held you so that you can run the race that the Lord has put you, put before you. And it's liberty to set—we have the ministry of reconciliation to set the captives free, and Habakkuk says, make the vision, make it plain, and it says, even though it tarry, wait on it, but when the vision—when you see the vision— Run! You can run with it. Reclaiming your forgotten heritage is the is the written uh, transcript, so that you can run with what the Lord has called you to do.
1: This is so good. And in those of you who are listening at home, you're going to hear uh, from the CD set and read in the book uh, all about how you can shift your identity into the very identity of Yeshua. And I know this is a real. Uh, passion of uh, Rabbi Kurt Landry, and he does understand uh, our Jewish heritage and how that relates to every person, Jew and Gentile. And You even talk about that in your book, uh, The One New Man. Rabbi, would you please pray over the people at home?
2: Uh, I'll do this, and you know, I, I, I want to say this in honor, because honor is the currency of heaven. Uh, at our ministry, years and years ago, Sid Roth came in Fairland, Oklahoma, and prayed in our little sanctuary and prophesied, and and uh Everything he prophesied has come to pass. Wow. And so sometimes it takes someone to come and speak out and believe, okay? Someone, someone needs to do that, and that's what I'm doing in your life right now. So I'm going to just pray this blessing. Father God, I thank you in Yeshua's name that we come together to walk as one new man. I thank you, Lord, that you value everyone within the sound of my voice. That, Lord, you value them so much that you gave your only begotten son, Yeshua, to die on the cross and to suffer a brutal death for their healing, but that you ripped the veil, that, Lord, that they might go in and and be able to receive all they need. Lord, I decree and declare that their goals and their aspirations and their ambitions of their life are valuable to God. And, Lord, I thank you that they will discover in their forgotten heritage how valuable they are. Lord, we are committed as ministers of the gospel to to their success, and Lord, I just pray a blessing over them to be able to succeed, to be at peace, and to have joy, and I decree and declare that you will reclaim your forgotten heritage in Yeshua's name.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Rabbi Kurt Landry, and now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource.
0: Rabbi Kurt Landry had his natural Jewish heritage stolen from him at birth. When he got his true identity back, he was able to walk in his full destiny in the same way the biblical Jewish heritage of the church, it was hijacked. When your spiritual identity is right, the glory comes down. He teaches this fully in his brand new book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage, an exclusive 3 CD set, The Rabbi is Coming, The One New Man. Call now for Rabbi Kurt Landry's brand new book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage, an exclusive 3 CD set, The Rabbi is Coming, The One New Man, for an investment of 35 US dollars. To order, call 1 800 447 2697. That's 1 800 447 2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S I D R O T H dot O R G. Rabbi Kurt Landry's brand new book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage, an exclusive three CD set, The Rabbi Is Coming, The One New Man, offer number 9606 for an investment of 35 US dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9606. Once again, that's offer number 9606.